Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Tell me a little bit about your situations and where, what grades you all are teaching and, and what your iPad situations are. How many uh, pre-K? Do we have pre-K teachers? Any kindergarten teachers? First grade? Second grade? Okay. And is second grade here in Marysville one-to-one with iPads? Is that right? We're in Omega. So oh, you're in Omega? We'll one-to-one, yeah. Okay. How many of you have one-to-one um, with iPads? Do some of you? Fantastic. Okay. Who is shared iPads? You've got check out. Okay. And is anybody using other devices other than iPads? Different yeah. kinds of tablets? Yeah, Chromebook. We use one-to-one Chromebooks now. Okay. So, I mean, many of these activities we're going to do will work with, with both. Um, there's just a different platform, a different app, a different website um, that you use. Um, what's your burning question? Why don't you turn it to your table? I love how we're set up. This is so great. Little table uh, groups. Turn at your table. What is a burning question you have right now about iPad um, activities, iPad projects? Bless you. Um, take 60 seconds, talk at your table, and we'll, I'm going to write them on the board. Okay, we'll go around the room. I'm just going to number the tables one, two, three, four, five, all the way around. And table six, you're in the middle. Table one, what was one of the burning questions that you all were talking about or a topic you were just chatting about? Finding balance because there's still such an importance for them to have hands-on okay. experiences, pencil, paper, handwriting. Okay, so balance between the digital and the analog or the you know non-digital. Table two, what was something you all were talking about? Ours was that we had such variety of, or so many apps to choose from. Yes. We want to know what are the best ones. There you go. How okay. Which is one of the hopefully best things about being in a place like this is finding out, hey, you've tried a lot of apps, you're using them, what are the ones I should focus on to, to not waste time on, on so many? And not to be overwhelmed, too. And I'm big about that, too. The iPad Media Camp, um, I'll just mention this as an aside as we're going around. Um, I have on the iPad Media Camp website, so it's just iPadMediaCamp.com. Oh, look at that. It's blocked. Huh. Okay, we'll ask for that to be unblocked. There's an apps page there. Um, I'll be talking about apps here, but anyway, there's an apps page there that ends up getting refined. It's about 12 apps, and, and those are the core ones that, for instance, Explain Everything is an app that I buy for every one of my teachers. The green screen app by Doink is one. Um, I'll find the, the list, and a lot of those are going to be in, in these slides, too. Table three, what was a topic you all just talked about? A burning question, yes. Sorry, yes. Your, your table. Well, I know. We have really young kids, and sometimes the mechanics of as much as you think they would just click and try things. Every time I try, we only have, and we have small. Like, I have a class set of five, and right. I have 29 kids last year. Okay. So everything has to be in. How can I put seven kids on this or do it in a small group? And the minute they click on something, they're running up to you because they can't. The mechanics of doing iPad projects when you're not one-to-one. How, could I say needy? Uh, 
learners. Yeah. And so then you get to the point where you're like, and that was fun, and let's move on to. So trying to equip kids as experts and being able to use them. Well, Joe just did that. Sarah's done that. Sarah, can you show Joe? You know that that can be important. And then how the mechanics of the apps? Do we want to do? Uh, is it called single app mode? I mean, when you triple click and lock kids into an app, right? You know, or your or your or your mobile management can do that. And to what degree do we give kids freedom? Freedom. You know, and to what degree do we're like, this is it? <laughs> you know, or you're you're not handling your freedom well, so we're gonna lock you into this app for now. All right, table your table five, right? Four. Sorry. What, what did you all chat about? Um, basically, just how to. Okay, so apps for research and what grade? Okay, so you're thinking elementary K six. Okay, table five. We we were a lot on freedom and guided access and how much. And monitoring. Uh huh. They're, you know, they have iPads in their laps, they have them on their desk, it's a lot harder than them. Right. Fortunately, we're blessed that it's not a lot of kids that we need to really focus on, but yeah. the three or four with the honorary smiles and smirks. And sure, yeah. What, what is that? The laughter. Okay, what was going on there? Table six, how about you all? Honestly, it was a kind of a combination of a lot of those things. Um, we talked, one thing I guess maybe what kind of was monitoring, um, safe searching for like pictures and mm-hmm. things like that. Yes. Safe searching for pictures. Is YouTube available to all of you or is it blocked in, on some of your campuses? It's unlocked for, for teachers. teachers. No. For teachers. Okay, well, I, I do want to jump in these slides, and I'm going to. Um, this the, I, I created this presentation for the ISTE conference, the, the International Technology Conference in San Antonio, at the end of June. And so I have a recording of that whole session uh, where I thoroughly went through all 20 of these projects. We'll get through these a, a little bit shorter. But I wanted to ask that because we have a chance to you know, meet your needs and see what, what kinds of things you're really interested in. And um, uh, let me let me mention photos for class. How many of you use photos for class? No? Okay, so photos for class, and I probably, probably should, I don't think I connected my iPad before to the Wi-Fi. Um, if I wanted to find, uh, I was going to do a demo of a pencil, I think, Video is the pencil of the 21st century. Okay, if I'm wanting to find pictures of something, I really need to use a filtered search, right? Even though uh, Google lets you um, filter the searches and is better about that, I still think that it's best to use a filtered app or a filtered website. And so what I just did was connect my iPad to the network now I'm on the network. I'm going to push up at the bottom to say AirPlay. And there's my MacBook. Yay. Okay, so now I'm on my iPad. All right. Um, how many of you can do this in your room? You can be wireless with your iPad. You need to f- figure out, work with your administration on how to do it. I'm doing it in the cheapest way possible, which is with a $7 piece of software. Okay? The software I'm using to do this, and there's a couple ones that will do it, um, this is called Air Server. We have bought Air Server. We bought like 35 licenses, and so any teacher, 
one sentence blocked. Um, any teacher who wants Air Server uh, on our network can get it. There's another one that's called Reflector, and it's just cheaper, right? Um, let's see if Reflector app. Costs $150 to buy a uh, Apple TV. We're putting those in more of our rooms, but I, I really think this is part of the 21st century. Carissa is going to be on task the whole time, but it's really nice for me to be able to come over, see what she's doing. We talk about monitoring and being aware. I'm not tethered to the front of the room, and so I would recommend either Reflector or Air Server, or best scenario is Apple TV, okay? But Apple TV is the most expensive. It's 150 bucks. And you got to work with your IT department because they've got to make sure your network works with that. And the way we do is we have a faculty wireless that faculty log in. That's where the Apple TVs are. And we always have a code pop up so that a kid is not, you know, being able from another room or whatever to connect. I, I, did, I took the code off mine to make it faster today. But when you have that on your laptop or desktop and you're plugged into your network and you're on the same Wi-Fi, that works. Okay, let's talk about Photos for Class. Photos for Class is completely free. Um, I think it's great regardless of age, right? If I'm even teaching high school kids, I'm going to use this. Somebody give me a topic of something else we might search for, um, for a research or for a project. <laughs> Landforms. Landforms. Like what, what would be an example, like the ocean or um, desert or? Okay, one of the reasons it's great to do this is we're going to learn about iterative searching, right? If I just, I could just have put in landforms, but if I'm more specific, I'm probably going to be, um, you know, maybe having better results. So when I find one that I like, I kind of like this one right here, okay? I can tap on download. One of the awesome things about photos for classes, ooh, what's here at the bottom? What's that? Citation. Attribution. All right, so how do I save this to my iPad? Just hold my finger down, right? Hold my finger down, choose save image. Or I could also tap on what I will call the share square. I don't know what your vocabulary for that is, but in the upper right corner, the square that has an arrow coming out, I call the share square. Stole that from somebody who I'm not sure who that was. But there's also a save image there as well, okay? So now I have that on my iPad. Photos for class. Now, if I have a website like Photos for Class that I use a lot, what should I do with it? What should I do with the website? Bookmark, Bookmark exactly. So that's share square. And I'm tapping the button that says add to home screen that has a plus. This is going to create a web bookmark. So when I say add, I now have a button on my iPad. It looks like an app, but that immediately goes to the Photos for Class site. So in terms of management and how are we going to do these things, streamlining the workflow and also breaking it down step by step for students. Okay, we're going to go to photos for class first. And if you haven't saved that as a bookmark, you're going to do that. Then we're going to search for our picture. Then we're going to save our picture to our iPad. Then we can do something with it. We could make an info pic. We could narrate it. Um, how many of you are using Seesaw? Okay, I didn't mention this in the keynote. But one of my absolute, absolute favorite tools, this is the, the tool, uh, especially for elementary, but it can be used at other levels. We have our high school um, pre-AP biology teacher and environmental science teacher using it for, learn for science journals. We've had our um, high school Spanish teacher using it for kids being able to record their voices and, you know, speak Spanish and give that, you know, actual you know, practicing the language. Uh, Seesaw is a learning journal. And so when you 
set up and they have free, um, you can have a free account or you can have school accounts. Um, I don't want to see this. Uh, when you're in Seesaw, there's a heck of a lot that you can do here. You create your class, and when I click plus, um, if I want to post to the student journal, which is where all this, all of um, the different media comes, it gives me these choices. Okay, I want to sh- take a photo, I want to take a video, I want to do a drawing. So if we're doing landforms, um, what's something we might do with landforms to talk about with um, with mountains? What might we be learning? Okay. There's all kinds of things I can do right here. I can go into text and I could add captions. So I could label the summit of the mountain. Oops, what's not? Uh, I want labels, not captions. The caption is at the bottom. The labels I can put wherever I want to. Uh, I think I can do more. Um, how do I do another summit? Do you, do you guys know? Have you all done labels in Seesaw? There's a way that I can do more. There we go. Um, so here's another label. So I might be pointing out erosion. I'm not even spelling it. Is that right? Okay. All right. So now I might do a record and I might draw. I can press record, use the microphone. It records three, two, one, and then I'm going to draw. Hi, this is Wes, and we're talking about landforms and the mountain. And you can see here the summit of the mountain, but what I really want to talk about is erosion because you can see as um, gravity pulls rocks and dirt down the mountain and it rains and it snows. Erosion takes place and I can see these troughs on the side of the mountain that are indicating we have had erosion and that's been a big part of how this mountain has formed is it was lifted up and the earth has eroded it down. Okay. <laughs> so you can see that right here in this app, which is free, there are a wide variety of things I can do with an image. The pieces of the puzzle a lot of times are, I need to have a picture. So how do I find that picture in an expedient, safe way, you know, get my kids to have that picture? You might get the pictures for your kids, right? You might airdrop them to their iPads or have them in a... in um, you know, a link or something like that that they're going to be able to get to. Because just saying, let's go search for pictures, <laughs> you know, can lead to lots of wasted time. So think about that. Think about how much time you have. Think about your purpose. It's great to learn how to search for images and to, to find good images. But if that's really not the focus of the lesson, maybe I can find 10 different pictures of mountains or, you know, 20 pictures of landforms. And then I can let my kids, I can put those in a Google Drive folder and let my kids link to those. And they're not going to spend that time in class finding the pictures. They'll get a picture, and then they'll do what I want them to do with it. Label it, talk about it, you know, draw, explain, something like that. Okay? So if I click my check mark here. Hi, this is Wes. So we're talking about landforms and the mountain. You can see here the summit of the mountain. But what I really want to talk about is erosion, because you can see... Okay. 
Um, so I'm just going to delete that and not actually save that. The other thing I'm going to tell you in, in terms of apps, um, do you all use Pic Collage for kids? Yeah. Who's familiar with Pic Collage? It just became a paid app this, this summer, actually. Uh, it used to be free, and if you had it before, you still have it, and it's free. Um, with the volume purchase, it's a dollar per license. We have bought this for every iPad at our school. Uh, why? I can readily select pictures um, that I'd like to use. There's my 17-year-old. Uh, we'll put her in there. So I've cho chosen four different pictures. I can choose what, how I want these pictures to be. We went up to Wyoming to visit relatives, so these are some Wyoming pictures we had. I can add text to this, but let's say I didn't have pictures on my iPad. I can... Um, I can do a web search for photos, and again, I am going to be having a filtered search, and those are some better pictures than I took, and so I can, I can add um, pictures, and I'm, I have a place that I'm fairly confident we're not going to be terribly surprised. Now, if we're searching for bikinis, I'm sure there's going to be, <laughs> there might be, okay? There may be some books and bikinis. But um, this is all part of digital citizenship, right? Being responsible, being appropriate. But, but searching doesn't have to be part of the lesson, okay? You can have the pictures in advance for the kids, and maybe they're just going to use those pictures then and do things. All right? Why do you use pick collage over doing this in the Seesaw app? So when I'm using pic collage, that's when I'm creating something to usually put into Seesaw. So when I save it to the library, what that allows me to have, number one, I don't have to do a collage. So I could just do a new image, and I could skip that, and I can just go to web search. So I can use this as how I get my picture or my pictures. Pic collage can be the portal I'm using to search. I'm not in Safari in Photos for Class doing it. Um, Seesaw is only going to allow you to put one photo at a time. Correct. So Seesaw you and to be doing if you want things, things, if you want it to look more poster-esque. Yeah, then, then you're going to go to another app like, like Shadow Puppet EDU. Shadow Puppet EDU is free. It was created by the same people that do Seesaw and allows me to do a narrated slideshow. So, for example, here's... I'm not going to play this whole thing. I didn't do this one. I think this was this came with it. Something you have to watch fish do next time you're at a koi pond or you go to an aquarium. I promise you this is going to change forever. How about you look at fish? Okay, so this is on my app list for every single iPad at our school. Every single iPad at our school has Shadow Puppet EDU. Why? Because I can say I want to create a new project. And inside Shadow Puppet, I could be searching the Library of Congress or the British Library or NASA or Flickr. Um, but here's my camera roll. So if I was going to do something on landforms, um, you know, here's a mountain picture. Here's a picture of a river. Here's picture of some more mountains all right so i've got those three pictures i can reorder those okay if i want to put them in a different order i can change the order up um, and now i can start recording now i like explain everything because it lets me re-record individual ones and draw on the screen and just do a lot more fancy but it's not free. This is free. I can have this on every one of my iPads at no cost. And so here we go. And I'm, I'm just going to do this as a one-shot recording. I'm going to push record and then just go to the next slide. So recording in two, one.
Mountains are awesome. This is a picture of the Tetons in Wyoming, which are the youngest mountains in the Rocky Mountains, and they're some of the most dramatic. They rise seven thousand feet from the valley floor to a summit of, I think, over twelve thousand feet for the Grand Teton. Colorado has higher mountains, over fourteen thousand feet, but I really think the Tetons are some of the most spectacular. Mountains are formed through erosion, and so this is the Clark's Fork. Uh, river, which connects to the Yellowstone River, which is one of the rivers in this region of Northwest Wyoming that has amazing ge- geology and geography. And mountains play an important, or sorry, rivers play an important role in the formation of mountains and geography. I love this picture because it shows Heart Mountain, which is there on the right, which is between Cody and Powell, Wyoming. And my dad grew up in Powell, and there was a relocation camp, actually, for the Japanese in World War II, right below Heart Mountain. But I've climbed Heart Mountain. And then over on the left, you see two um, real ridges. They're called Rattlesnake and Cedar. And those are the gateway to the east entrance of Yellowstone Park and the Buffalo Bill Reservoir as you depart Cody. Ta-da! Save. Okay? So now... I've just created a narrated slideshow. I, it's automatically saved to my camera roll. If I want to save it to Seesaw, I can. Um, but it's also going to be right here in my camera roll. And so if I look at my camera roll, I think it saves it. Yep, right there. So there's a 1 minute and 11 second recording. All right, so that's, that is not following my slides, but that is telling you, I mean, the, seriously, with those apps, if you've got Pic Collage, which again has become an app you have to pay for, um, but having Pic Collage can be great as a source to get pictures. Using the website Photos for Class and having your kids search there for images and then teaching them to um, save pictures by clicking on Download. Not only is that a safe search, it's also one that has attribution provided. So the attribution is there at the bottom of the picture, which is which is kind of cool. Um, and then the other one, last one we just did there was Puppet uh, EDU, Shadow Puppet EDU. So totally free and oops, totally free and a good um, media creation app. So. Talk about that at your table for uh, 60 seconds, and then I'll we'll move on. Chat about what we just talked about.
All right, so I just opened up the clock app. You all use the clock app as a timer? Uh, there are better timers to use, but the clock app is already on your iPad. It's free. Go to timer. You have to use increments of one minute. My favorite timer app, and it's not just like the most amazing in the world, but it's called Timer Plus, okay? The plus is the actual character for plus, like addition, that's right after. Um, the reason I kind of like this is because it has more fun sounds. So I can create a timer. Let's say we were going to do a minute and a half. So I don't have to do minute increments. So I could do a minute 30. But here's where the fun part is. What's my sound? Let's do the elephant. Let's do the charge. My audio got messed up. Try that again. My audio. You may not be going for the boxing bell metaphor in your class, but you know. Anyway, there's a lot of different sounds, and then you just hit start. This is called Timer Plus. This is free. Um, and so then for your full screen. And, it, and it, the, it does have some ads. I haven't seen those being appropriate, but sometimes that's the price of, of free apps. So the clock works fine, too, right? You just, it's just not as flexible. What were some comments or questions you all talked about with what we just discussed? Photos for class, pic collage, puppet. Any questions or? You can volunteer your neighbor. Was that good? Was it, was it, was, were, were any of those things new? Yeah, the wheels, the wheels are already spinning. Like, I do a, I would take like a green big piece of paper. I just had an extra from putting my, uh, Door together because we have can't have fancy doors. Sure. Oh yeah, that was I. Grade, I always struggle with that as a fourth grade teacher. Uh, but, but I would take that green paper and then above it I'd say this is we have a white wall and I'd say this is the peak of the mountain mm -hmm. and then the green part is where we have trees and right where this stops is the timber line, which it got a little bit better results on the test. But having a picture and drawing. Oh my gosh. And having them explain, right? Like that a lot. Right. Having that, them that's teach. That's how I would have loved to have learned the way I did it. And honestly, I, I like the statement. If I'm the one doing most of the work, who's doing most of the learning? Probably I am, right? So we want our kids to be in the role of explaining, teaching, demonstrating. So much more challenging and so much more authentic than, you know, listening and absorbing and then trying to share that back. Um, you mentioned doors. <clears throat> One of the things that we did uh, at ISTE this year, if you, I, the shortened address to my slides this morning was Cave 8 2017. If you do ISTE 2017, um, I did five presentations at ISTE this year, and uh, one of them was about uh, STEAM Studio. I've taught or had clubs and after school STEAM for elementary uh, STEAM activities. This was a really real aha. We use Google Drawing to make a poster. Have you done this before? You want to do this on a desktop or laptop, but you can go to file page setup and you can do the exact dimensions of your door. That and then about the, yeah. cheap, the cheap way of doing it. Exactly. No, that you're I'm sorry. I struggled as a fourth grade teacher with my door. Okay? I'm just not that door creative. Why would we why would we <laughs> that's nature's wood? Why would we, that's right. Why does it need to be so just for so so our poster session at the conference, they gave us a bulletin board that was eight feet wide and it was four feet tall. And our local print shop, we didn't have we don't have this at school, but our print shop can print as long as we want, but it has to be three feet um, 
wide. So anyway, that's an eight foot by three foot poster. You could do something like that for your door. Okay. Any other questions or comments? Uh, how about single app mode? How many people know how to use single app mode on your iPad? Do you know about this? Is, am, I, am I saying that right? No, guided access. It's guided access. Who knows about guided access? Raise your hand. Okay, so half of us don't. Guided access looks like this. Oh my gosh, I have 300 apps on my iPad. So many choices. Wes has been making bad, you know, not bad. Wes has been making poor choices today, and he's been jumping all over the place. He needs to stay in Shadow Puppet EDU. All right? I'll show you how to turn this on, but when I triple click one, two, three, I get the guided access menu. All right? And when I click start, I need to know what my passcode is, which I don't actually remember what that is, so I'm going to go set that first. It will lock me into this app. All right? So let me go uh, go to settings to see where I turn this on. So settings, it's under general, and it's under accessibility, I think. Yes, accessibility. So general, accessibility, and then guided access. Guided access is on. And there's an accessibility shortcut, which means when you triple-click the home button, there's my passcode settings. Oh, Touch ID would work. That's good. I can use my Touch ID. I need to set a passcode. Uh, our school started in 1947, so that's usually what we do. Make sure your kids don't see you type that in, you know, because then they'll be able to get out of access, because that's what you do to get out of access. <clears throat> Basic iPad skill, switching apps, right? How do I do it? Double tap the home button. Vocabulary is important, right? All my kids need to know the home button. They all need to know the power button. They need to know the volume button. When I double tap my home button, then I can choose to go between my apps that are running. Okay? And here I am in Shadow Puppet. And now, how do I do guided access for Wes, who's having some trouble making choices today? Triple, Triple click. One, two. Oh, I didn't do it fast enough. One, two, three. Here's guided access, and it says start in the corner, okay? Now, guess what? Wes can't double-click and switch apps. Wes, when he pushes the home screen, doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything. It is stuck in that app. And so when I uh, try to get out of this, I can triple-click it. I have to put in my passcode, 1947, or that's pretty slick if you have the Touch ID set up. And then I can end guided access, and now I'm back as I was before. Okay? Once so. I did it in the other fourth grade, miraculously figured out the code. Right. You may have to change your code, or kids are fast figuring that kind of stuff out. Okay. What I think I'm going to do now is I'm going to uh, turn off my iPad and go back to my laptop. So I'm going to, well, I'll, while I do, I'll, I'll point out a few other apps, because you all were asking about apps. Photos for class, not an app. That's a what? What's that called? A shortcut mm -hmm. or a web bookmark, okay? Because that goes to Safari to that link. Love this app. Another app that we buy for all of our teachers, Book Creator, okay? Book Creator lets us create eBooks. We bring in pictures. We bring in videos. We can narrate. Um, the last three years, in fact, my wife is there. I hope she'd be able to come here, but she's actually in Stillwell, Oklahoma at Marietta School where they're in the third year, starting fourth year, of an iPad one-to-one -one for pre-Ks. All right, so seven classes. Every pre-K has their own iPad. They don't go home, but they've been working. And, and Book Creator's been one of the most important apps. They've used that as a portfolio. Several of their pre-K rooms are 
uh, language immersion for Cherokee language. So the kids are learning Cherokee and they're also uh, working on their English language skills. So it doesn't matter what language, right? We can record and actually Apple has the Cherokee language so they can bring, bring in text in Cherokee or in English. So that is a great app. Green Screen by Do Inc. is another one that I put on all of our school iPads. Explain Everything, which is a paid app. These are these three are paid apps. Um, and then Puppet EDU, we just talked about Spark Posts, especially for um, older kids. Um, you have to have an email address to use that one. All of these other ones, you don't have to have an email address. My favorite Sketchnote app is Procreate. Do you all know Procreate? Um, I'll see if I've got a non-religious one on here. I do sermon sketch notes, but we had a um, professional development last February that I did sketch notes for. Ta-da, here it is. So this is my sketch note where um, a neurosurgeon <laughs> came and talked to us about the brain, and he talked to us about <clears throat> sleep and talked to us about... Um, you know, how, how the Marines are having mindfulness training and the, um, the importance of balance and, you know, a lot of different things. This is a sketch note. I drew this during the professional development. Um, I can save a drawing that I make in an app like Procreate, which is a, which is not a free app. This is a paid app. I can also export a video that will play back the entire thing, um, as I drew it. So, a sketch note. A sketch note, what's the purpose of a sketch note? I'm not an artist, clearly. A professional artist. No one pays me for my art. <laughs> what is a sketch note, you think? What are we trying to do here? Visualizing. Yep, yep, we're trying to represent key ideas, and we're trying to visualize. We're doing that translation thing I mentioned in the keynote. And so, hopefully, I can take my own sketch note, and I can retell some of the key things that were in this presentation. And so this is something that, depending on, I don't know, your thoughts about class and reading. And I mean, some people say, you're just doodling, okay? But if kids are taking the ideas and they are representing them visually, and then later we can go back and retell them, that can really deepen the learning, okay? So what I did was I just saved the, the, the uh, finished sketch note as an image, and I also export as a video. Check this out. So now it's replaying the entire sketch note as I drew it. And that's a video that is on my iPad. And so we, I haven't done a lot of this with students. I'm hoping to be able to do more. Um, we've got teachers that are experimenting with flipping their class and things like that. Being able to bring this into iMovie and then narrate this. Okay, So I'll do a quick demo of that for you. Um, so here's iMovie. How much does iMovie cost? Uh, five dollars. Is it down to five? It's free. It's free. It's free. Yeah. So it should be on every new iPad. And then at one point you had to buy iPads that were a certain age from Apple, and then they just said it's free. So everybody should be able to have iMovie. You can do a, a trailer, or you can do um, a regular movie. And so I'm going to tap on my. Uh, video that I brought in and create a movie. And this is only 32 seconds. So if I narrate this, what do you think the problem is going to be? It's awfully fast. Okay, this was an hour-long talk this guy gave that I drew for an hour, you know, things he was talking about. 
And I am not going to be able to summarize that well in 30 seconds. Okay, sorry. But it's not going to happen. So what can I do here in iMovie? Speed. I can slow it down. Okay? So I tapped on the clip, and I tapped speed, and I've got a turtle, and I have a rabbit. So where does the slider go? Slider goes to the rabbit, right? And if I go to one half, I've just doubled the length of that. I'm going to go even a little bit further, and I can see now this is 2 minutes and 11 seconds. That may be a little longer than I want to do for my little demo. Um, but now I've got a minute and 39 seconds, okay? I've added this as a video, but there's no audio. iMovie lets me add audio narration, which, by the way, could I do this with still pictures? Yeah, I just think Shadow Puppet's easier and faster, right? Shadow Puppet, you drop those pictures in, you know, add your narration. But I could go ahead and narrate this. Last February, we had a wonderful professional development at our school where a neurosurgeon came and talked to us about a lot of brain research. He said, sleep is so important. Sleep is how we process information. It's like a cleaner neurologically for trash. And if we don't sleep enough, our brain can't take out the trash. He told us a story about the Marine Corps and how lots of deployed Marines are developing PTSD. And this has led to the Marines doing mindfulness training. So anybody who thinks they're, you know, too macho for mindfulness, the Marine Corps is doing it now with soldiers that are returning from combat in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, heart, va heart rate variability predicts levels of something I can't read. Inflammatory markers. And so learning to control your heart rate, getting feedback, being mindfulness, learning to quiet your mind, learning to care for yourself. Um, basketball players are doing this and the NBA. All these things are really important. How many hours are our kids sleeping? How many hours am I sleeping a day? This is important, right? There's so much to learn. There's so much to do, but we need to take care of ourselves. And so this presentation by Dr. Murali Krishna on February 15th, 2016, really gave us some good encouragement to not only think about what our students are doing, but what we're doing as teachers, how mindfulness, um, you know, really is, is key and, and how this plays into aging, right? We've heard that we might live to be a hundred, but it depends on how we care for ourselves and how we're living our lives. So really like this presentation and learned a lot from it and would recommend that you check into mindfulness um, training and mindfulness programs for your students. Stop. Okay? So this is now... Narration that's going to go right along with the playback. All right, this is advanced, right? This is advanced stuff. But boy, I think that's cool. The main time I have a chance to sit and listen to somebody talk at length now uh, is on Sundays listening to sermons, so that's why I've been doing that uh, for sermons. And if you're interested, I don't know if any of you work with youth groups, I have a whole project um, that I call Digital Witness for Jesus Christ. It's DWJC. And uh, I've been doing this with our men's group for a while, but it's basically how to take media and apply it to uh, sharing your faith. And so uh, there's stuff about what I just did, which is a narrated sketch note, okay, which is blocked. I'm glad that website orig originally came up. I think it's because there's an embedded YouTube video on it. Um, info pics, um, which is also blocked. Anyway. Don't go to Hotmail. It's blocked too. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to that. Don't order Royals tickets. That's blocked too. We have just barely started. We've barely started to scratch the surface of what these tools can mean for communication and for sharing. And so there's a lot of different connections to make depending upon, you know, what, what, 
what groups you're involved in and, and what kind of uh, focus you have. So uh, we've got about 25 minutes, 23 minutes left. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and jump into this. I'm also going to be sharing um, an audio where I did I did this set, this these slides in 60 minutes. Okay, and I'm not going to be doing them in that level of depth. But all of these slides are available on wfriar.me slash iPadProjects2017. Um, I've used that metaphor this morning about a media creation toolkit. I think all of us, you know, some of you, you know what TMI stands for? Okay, is anybody there? Have you had enough? Like, what we just covered in terms of Shadow Puppet and Pit Collage and those things, like, that may be all you need. Those those nuggets may be what you need. Um, I have been working to try to find ways to help teachers increase this, you know, because we've all got different ways of having students interact with content, but ways that we can use media for students to more deeply interact with content and to share it, I really think that's an important part of learning in the 21st century for so many reasons. So the first six of these 12 projects, well, I guess InfoPic isn't yet, well, and I changed green screen. I changed two of them this summer. Say I have six book chapters that are available in like three bucks on Amazon that you can get about interactive writing, narrated art, which I'm really going to change to narrated image because that can be art or a picture that somebody else did, radio show, five photo story, visual note taking, and narrated slideshow. I guess so five of those are. Um, when I wrote my first book in 2011, Playing with Media, I realized we need to see examples, okay? Yeah, play with images, that sounds fine. What is a project that my kids can do? Their second grade or their eighth grade or whatever. So that's where some of this work comes from. And I think a lot of this is like learning to swim, okay? Um, how long have you all had iPads? Who's, who's had their iPad more than three years? Has anybody had theirs more than three years? Okay. Personally, yeah, personally, yeah, yeah. You've, you've had an iPad to use. How many have, in the last year you've gotten your iPad? Okay, so everyone's had them longer than that. Hopefully you didn't learn to swim by being told to jump off the high dive, right, to jump off the 10-meter board. You know, we learn gradually, and, and so we, we add to it. Last summer I created with my wife this matrix of different projects. You'll see here this is Seesaw. And trying to think about apps, this is really kind of the basis of these slides. These are things that just take one app or one website. These are things that take a lot. What I just showed you with the narrated sketch note, that's not a basic kind of project. That's, a, that's called an app smash. Have you heard of app smashing? Taking multiple apps together. One of my problems in iPad Media Camp was going to these projects too soon. Let's start here at the basic ones, right? One app, you know, one platform, and then move to something that has, has um, a single app project like Seesaw and then two app projects. So this is really the basis for these slides. It's like building a house. You need supporting skills in order to build a house. I mentioned badge list, and you can go to this if you want to. It's badgelist.com slash iPadMediaCamp. We created this summer, I think, 12 different supporting skills. These are things you and I need to know as teachers, and our kids do too, right? How do I scan a QR code? How do I make a web bookmark? How do I take a screenshot? What's the share square? Okay, how do I move apps? Now, your iPads may be locked down where you can't do that. 
but on your own iPad, hopefully you have freedom to be able to move apps and organize them. How do I make a folder? How do I change privacy? Have you had it happen where the student's the first one to open the app and it says, can I use the camera? And they say, no. So then where are you? You got to go into settings. You got to go into privacy. You got to click on camera, find the app and say, yes. Well, guess what? That's something we need to know. Because if you don't, that app doesn't work for that child on that iPad, right? You know, with the younger kids, though, if you explain to them, look, if you move these apps around, I have to, like, swipe down, type in the first three letters. Like, it cuts into your time to be in this app by me coming over there. Right. Unless, so, like, yes. the kids never moved them around last year. Like, I... It was a good and, and our we've switched our mobile management. We we used to use Meraki and we used one called Tab Pilot, and now it has a custom layout where they can't move them, etc. So it kind of just depends. But yeah, getting the kids to do Spotlight, which is what you just described, pulling down and being able to type in is a good thing. But you may need to know that, all right, for your own apps. How do I change privacy? Copy and paste, right? Good thing. How do I copy and paste text? How do I copy and paste pictures? And then Safe Share. How many of you use Safe Share? You all know SafeShare? Two of you do? Really, the rest of you don't? All right, this is worth actually jumping out for. Um, what is one of the biggest hazards of using a YouTube video with students? What might come up? Comments that are there. All kinds of things that we don't have control over. So I'm going to uh, put in Eclipse 2017 just to see if we can get an interesting Eclipse video. That might be appropriate. This comes from PBS Space Time, so that looks like it's appropriate. But here's the trick, right? Here's a video. I don't have any control over all of these supposedly related videos or the comments that are below. So this is why we put this on the list. And this works with, with your iPads. Um, this works with your Chromebooks. The website is called safeshare.tv, all right? So I have just gone to the website, safeshare.tv. Now I am going to copy the link to this PBS video. So I can go to edit copy. I use my keyboard shortcut. And now I'm going to paste that video. And this works for YouTube or for Vimeo. And I click generate a safe view. It is next going to let me do a little customization if I want where I could change the title. This, now it sounds like I'm selling you the bamboo steamer, the Ginsu knife, <laughs> but there's more, okay? How many times do we not want to show an 11 minute and 58 second video and I want to show you 30 seconds? SafeShare lets you do this, okay? I can use this little um, dot or whatever this uh, playhead is and I can say I want to start at one minute and I want to end... For its shadow to hit right here. So now when I say submit, it is going to give me a link that is going to take out all the related videos. It's not going to show any of the comments. And it's only going to show me those 60 seconds of that video. All right? So safeshare.tv. Anytime you are going to, to share a YouTube video with students, I think this is wonderful because it will hopefully allow them to not see things that are not appropriate and that you don't want them to see. But it can also help you just show the part that you're interested in, which may not be the whole video. 
What happens from here? How do I how do I take this link and get it to you right now? What's the fastest way? If we have a seesaw classroom, I can flip it into seesaw and you can get it there. But how about like right now? I didn't create a seesaw class for us. So what can I? I could drop it to AirPlay. This is a little tricky on a laptop, and we've got to be on the same same Wi-Fi, uh, same Wi-Fi's and everything. But I could go to AirDrop. If you have everyone selected, I should, and I've got Bluetooth on, and a Bluetooth and Wi-Fi on, I will start to see every iPad within a Bluetooth range. Okay, and I could. Well, but so that's that's a good answer. What's another way? I'm gonna send the link through Google Classroom. Okay, if I'm learning, if I'm using a learning management system like Google Classroom or Canvas or whatever. What about right now? We don't have a Google Classroom. Yay, QSA QR code. Yay, you get the star, okay? QR codes are such a great way to get a video, a web page open. There's different places to create them. I use this one on App Spots. Just create QR code. I'll zoom in to show you. This is just the one I've used a lot. CreateQRCode.AppSpot.com. That's my favorite one. Um, and I just paste in the link, and I say generate QR code. So let's do it. Do you have an iPad or a phone with a QR code scanner? What app do you use to scan QR codes? The free one. The free one. There's a lot of free ones, which, but, but some of them are better than others. Which one do you use? QR scanner. Okay. Does anybody else use iNigma? Okay. So i-nigma, we've found, is the fastest one that works at a distance. So I should be able to be at the back of the room, back row, and be able to scan. Maybe not. How close do I have to get? Come on, focus, focus. Okay, finally did. So now I can go online, and I could probably make this bigger. My Chrome browser, I'm holding down Command and pressing Plus or Control Plus to make the window bigger. Okay, and there we are, and you've got the video. And hopefully if we're all going to play this, we have headphones or, you know, this is... But this is great for centers, right? You're going to have a center activity for kids. You're going to want to wa- have them watch a video. If Talking about time on task and all these kinds of things, use Save Share. Make a Save Share link for the video. Get the part of it you want them to see. Make the QR code, and then that QR code becomes their way to get to that video. That can, that can streamline the process of your kids getting to a web link of any kind, and especially when you use SafeShare, that can reduce distractions and what they potentially run into. Okay? Good stuff? Yeah. All right. The other part of badge list, all of these badges are green. And my wife and I, we got to take our two girls up to Wyoming, and this has kind of been three years in the making because I'm the technology director in Jackson, Wyoming. Uh, I've gotten to know she was in Missoula, Montana, and now she's in Jackson. So three years in the making. We did an iPad media camp for 45 teachers, three days where... We spent some time on the supporting skills, but we spent most of the time on the projects, all right? And these are the projects, except that we didn't do stop motion, sketch note, or word cloud, but we did all of these other projects. So I would love for you to check out Badge List. You can join it for free. You don't have to pay anything unless you want to keep the badges private. And I'm like, I want them to be public. So when you click on one of these, it shows you... Let me show you. Which one do you want to see? 
Green screen? Okay. So I'm going to click the link. This is the advantage of getting the slides too, right? All of the links in the slideshow, and I'll put that up at the end, are clickable. So here we are on badge list. And I can click on green screen. And so what I have are the steps, okay? You're going to have to plan, have your photos, record your clips. You've got an overview, but then, this is kind of cool, in the badge wiki, I put exa uh, exemplars. So these are what I would consider to be exemplary green screen. There's that one we, we saw part of the Martin Luther King, um, I Have a Dream. So badge list is a way in the context of professional development for trying to <clears throat> make learning visible. This is the toolkit I would love all of us to build. I would love for every one of us to be able to make a word cloud on our iPad. Okay, and that could be as simple as, this is a beautiful project my wife did last year with her kids. She had students write down words um, that described their classmates, um, complimentary words that described their classmates. And so then their students, I might even have this on, let me go, let me go to, I think I've got an example. Better to play it than just tell you about it. This was, an iPad narrated image, okay? So I'm going to go to, these are the people that have joined the badge, because you can submit evidence once you've, you've done it. Here are exemplars for iPad narrated image. Oh, come on, don't I have this one? Shoot. Okay, I'm not... All right, I'm not going to take time to... The kids are just all, it doesn't have, it's not like the Gettysburg Address with 50, 100 words. It's like six words, but then they in Seesaw say those words. My classmates see that I am responsible. I am kind. I am helpful. Anyway, it was a very good reinforcing thing about the positive traits that they, they see in each other. And that was a word cloud, and it was a word cloud made into a narrated image. Okay? So, it's blocked here, but you can get to it. We'll get it unblocked <laughs> later. You can get to all to iPadMediaCamp.com, and when you do slash apps, you've got the list of about 13 apps that we use. The lesson cycle I recommend is this. Design, create, and share. Okay, Design the lesson that you... What do you want your kids to learn? Okay, We're studying about landforms. Okay, How am I going to get my kids to learn about landforms? What is what kind of activity? What kind of lesson? Um, you know, project. What are they going to create? If they're going to have some way of interacting with information, and maybe they're going to watch a video, then I'm going to have them create something. Okay, they're going to create a narrated slideshow. They're going to make an info pic. They're going to diagram and label a picture, and then they share it. Okay, and I like to say we need to share inside and outside. Inside our classroom and our seesaw journal, and then we also will share some outside. Because guess what? I get inspired when teachers and students share work. It's one of the best ways to get an idea is to be able to see that kind of work. Okay? So, in this slideshow, we've got four different levels. We've got one app or one website. We've got really the seesaw level, which is a single app project. We've got two app projects, and we got four app projects, all right? And I guarantee you in six minutes, we're not doing justice to this. 
But here we go. Level one projects. I mentioned Padlet before, right? Here's an example. This is a Padlet. Who's used Padlet before? One of the dangers of using many of these apps is, is it ever dangerous to let kids chat openly with each other? Freedom, right? So Padlet lets me double tap and type whatever text that I want. So we have to talk about appropriateness and digital citizenship and responsibility and how we're responsible for the things we do with our device, whether we're doing it digitally or we're going up to the wall, writing something on the wall, or we're talking to somebody. But this lets us put text on here like sticky notes. It lets me put pictures from my iPad or my Chromebook. It's a place where we can share our ideas. And so each one of these has a recipe sheet. All right, how do I do this? Well, you link as a teacher to the Padlet website. Okay. Um, well, I guess this is after you've set this up. You set up the Padlet. Your students are going to probably scan a QR code to get to it, and they're going to tap and add their responses. You can uh, click the link here to, to get to the example from each one of these as well. So that, that's an example. Back channel, I mentioned this during the keynote. If, if we were using a back channel, okay, like uh, Etherpad, we could all be typing together and I could see what you type. Etherpad is kind of cool because it gives everyone their own color. Uh, before the primaries and the election, we had, uh, during, it was leap year, leap day or whatever, the 29th of February. Um, our middle school has a special day of special lessons where teachers can kind of teach all kinds of things. And I just taught a lesson on social media and the elections and what were the different candidates doing with their YouTube channels and their Twitters and their Facebooks and their Instagrams. And so we used a document for the kids to research. And so these kids were researching Bernie Sanders and they had to find their website officially and their YouTube channel and they had to put in things. Okay, It's a document that they built together. Uh, a back channel can also be where we have text. Who's used today's meet? Has anybody used today's meet before? All right. I have never done this with kids and not had to stop and say, everybody lids down. Everybody, let's, even though we preface this, it almost, especially when it's new and we haven't done it before, why do I, why am I having to tell all the kids to put their lids down? Or, or, iPads, or iPads, Apple's up, that's right. They are ready. But somebody makes a bad choice, okay? Somebody, you know, bullies. Somebody puts in a, uh, an inappropriate word. So whenever we're doing this kind of thing, we are prefacing this with conversations about digital citizenship. I like to do this in groups, okay? You're going to have a table. Who's going to be your scribe? Who's writing for your group? That can help as far as with the accountability. But this is a way for students to then be able to share their ideas um, as we're watching a video or as we're, you know, talking about a, a subject. Um, next session, if you want to learn about this, I'll be right here in this room. I'm going to stop talking in three minutes. Um, I'm doing a whole session on radio show, all right? And I won't play the example. I love radio shows because what does this let kids do? Number one, boy, it's easy to get distracted <laughs> with a lot of media and video and a lot of stuff. A radio show, you can record on your phone, on your iPad, you can do it on a Chromebook, but I'm going to show how to use this opinion app. Who's heard of a radio show before? Maybe I should play just a little bit. I won't play this whole thing. Hopefully it's not blocked. Yay. All right. My wife did these... Um, Generally, once a week, not always, 
but she did these in closing meeting with students and they had a word of the week and a theme. So this was one they did, um, things we are grateful for. I can find the right play button. Little bumper music to start. Here comes the intro. Today is Friday, November the 20th, 2015, and this is Room 108 coming to you live from Oklahoma City. Our question for today is, what are you thankful for? My name is Landon. And I'm grateful for my family because they support me and when I need help. My name is Carter and what I'm grateful for is my family because they help me. I'm grateful for Alright, so we're going to do a session about that. Um, there's more, right? There's always more. But hopefully in today's session, especially with the seesaw stuff, if you take away nothing else other than pick collage, photos for class, and then seesaw with uh, Shadow Puppet, you can do so much with those kinds of apps. And obviously, there's a lot more that you can do as well. But I will put the link to... Um, I will share this on Twitter, um, and I'll also be putting this on my blog, the, the recording from ISTE. So if you're interested in hearing um, an hour with these slides, we'll have that. But I hope you got some stuff out of it. Please contact me. Let me know. If you're not on Twitter, consider I'm getting on Twitter. On Twitter. Yep, I'm W Fryer on Twitter. This is my, my Twitter ID. And I'll put the link to um, our slides so you can get back to those. And if you want to learn about radio shows, hang out, and we'll start talking about those in 10 minutes. Have a great w. rest of your conference. Fryer. W Fryer, yeah, W Fryer. You're listening to Fuel for Educational Change Agents, an audio podcast channel including a variety of audio recordings by and recorded by Wesley Fryer, published for educators worldwide interested in free audio-based professional development. This is a supplementary podcast channel complementing Moving at the Speed of Creativity podcast, which typically includes longer and lightly edited or unedited audio recordings. Learn more and access these podcasts on audio.speedofcreativity.org. All content on this podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 United States license.